Welcome to Owning the Future of Healthcare, a podcast from Health Catalyst, your leading provider of data and analytics technology and services to healthcare organizations. Hello, and welcome to Owning the Future of Healthcare. I'm your host, Courtney Eckerd. Today, we are honored to sit down with Anne-Marie Bickmore, Chief Product Officer of Health Catalyst. Anne-Marie is an amazing woman with a history in healthcare, working as a nurse, and now she's doing her magic over at Health Catalyst. We're honored to hear more about her story. Anne-Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Courtney, for having me. I'm delighted to be here. We're so glad that you're joining us. We're so honored. Can you tell me a little bit about how you ended up as the Chief Product Officer at Health Catalyst? Thank you, Courtney. Well, it is, uh, it's been an incidental journey. I would say that um, I did not graduate from nursing school thinking that one day I would be the Chief Product Officer at Health Catalyst, um, but I am thrilled to be one. And I will say I am the first Chief Product Officer at Health Catalyst. And there are many women out there in tech, maybe more than we we think, but it's it's difficult to have a position at this level with a publicly traded company um, when you have a clinical background, you're female, and this isn't, I didn't graduate from nursing school thinking I would be a CPO one day, so I would say that opportunities have presented themselves over the past decades, and I now feel like I'm at a place where I can really change the way we deliver healthcare worldwide um, with a fabulous company. And um, I, I'm hoping we can talk a little bit more about that. But but for me and for those of you watching, um, I hope that you're listening to the fact that if the opportunities are out there for you to take, to be able to do something that might stretch yourself a little bit, please do it. Please do it. Because that is how I ended up here. I just never learned to say no very well. And so when um, the company felt like it was at a point in time from a size perspective, um, we went through an exercise to to really look at whether the company could support a structure with a CPO, a chief product officer, and it just felt like it was time for us um, to have that position. And so I'm grateful to be um, blazing that trail, if you will. Absolutely. And it's amazing how our paths can zig and zag and alter as these opportunities appear if we're open to it. So thank you so much for sharing that with me. What are some key considerations in the product development process? Well, I think I think you have to look at product development a few ways. Um, first of all, there's a people think of products as like the apps on your phone, right? Or what what's a um a it's the output of a product. And and I think from a portfolio perspective and at Health Catalyst, our products needed to be grounded in high quality data that then high quality analytics could be built on. And it's it's really the foundations of data that are more important than actually the products on, that are on top because healthcare changes. I mean, if you look at what has been done and things that just sprouted up due to the pandemic, we have to be able to pivot, right? Applications have to be able to pivot. New things come up, custom things are designed. But what you, the only reason that can work is because your foundations of your data analytics are strong. And healthcare has been a little bit slower than some of the other industries about really understanding how to standardize their data, how to reuse it, um, but mostly how to get the most information out of what's already collected. Um, it's 
it's really difficult when you start talking about or, or to help people understand even why data is collected, right? So if we look at EMR data, which is traditionally what, what people think of when you think about clinical data or even data for inpatient or ambulatory, that, that data was collected and, and created for billing, right? But we try to morph it into something else. And consequently, you say, well, it just, it, it might hit the mark a little bit, but you have, if you cannot compare and combine sources of data, you really can't get to the information that's needed, right? So foundationally, you need that standardization. You need the high quality data, which means it has to have data quality checks and you have to treat it like outside of your care delivery people, people, from a patient perspective, that data is a huge asset, right? I mean, it, it never fails that everybody says, you, you, every experience you have, it doesn't matter if you're going to an ambulatory or an inpatient setting, you repeat the same things over and over again as a patient. And you think, does anybody ever read? And if you're on the provider side, you're like, you want me to enter one more thing in order to hit an outcome. And yet everybody's, Everybody's burned out doing it. The patient's burned out. The, the providers are burned out because we haven't figured out how to really massage and use that data as an asset. And no, no, other, no other industry, if you talk about an asset, do people just say it's an asset that just sits? We have it and we don't, we don't care and feed it. We have to be able to do care and feeding of those data assets. And so that... What, as the needs change, right? So from a, a product perspective or from um, even an analytics perspective, that should be on top of that data foundation. And healthcare is finally at the point where they understand the need to, com to combine claims data and HR data and billing and costing data with the clinical data to get a robust picture of really what's happening in the industry. And you might say to me, well, you know, is that is that good for the patient? Absolutely, it's good for the patient, right? We are a company that's patient-centric, that in, wants to empower organizations to be able to cultivate their data, cultivate the best analytics, and get the best outcomes. And so, yes, it has to be patient-centric. Without a patient, you have no industry. Like, I mean, that's just the way it is. And I think sometimes... There is a, um, it's easy to forget. And people will say to me, well, you have a lot of operations um, applications or, or billing or rev cycle. And how is that patient centric? Understanding the business of healthcare from a data perspective helps keeps doors open, right? And if the doors are open, patients can come. But if we've seen plenty of organizations that end up um, folding they, they get acquired and the patient gets lost. Keeping doors open to organizations is actually very patient-centric because they need access to healthcare and they need access to good healthcare. So I'm, for me, the product portfolio has to be set on a foundation of good data that's, that's standardized to the point, not standardized necessarily in the way you enter it, but let's groom it, let's leverage what's there so that we can provide those data models in order to have that really firm foundation 
to build those vertical products on top of it, right? Whether you're talking about care management or you're talking about patient safety or you're talking about RevCycle. As healthcare changes, those may change, but you're underneath the data layer should not. It should only get more robust. And that happens with good data quality. It happens with adding additional sources and actually taking care of your data. Awesome. That was a little long-winded for me, but <laughs> you can tell that I, I, I take my data very seriously. You're so passionate. I think that it must be so special and so beneficial to have someone of your nursing background working there. I'm curious, what is the benefit of having someone with a clinical background in a product position? You know, I think there's two benefits. Oh, well, there's two things I can bring to the table. One, I'm an ED nurse, so um, I come at it like an ED nurse, which means, you know, it's your ABCs, your airway, breathing, circulation. If your patient's not, it isn't doing well in those areas, it really isn't going to matter if, you know, they've had their flu shot. So I think for me, it is understanding what those ABCs are from a, a data and analytics perspective. Right. So that we don't get caught up building something that looks great, but is not necessarily very useful or very applicable for the duration. Now, we do have we do have things that just come up. Right. So if you think about COVID, um, we we with our clients, we built some custom applications that were needed right then. Right. Today, they're custom. But the expectation wasn't that they would last forever. So I think you you need that, right? You need to be able to flex and say, as of right now, this is what we need. And when we think about it from a data perspective, even for COVID, people were very concerned because even, and now we're into it, you know, 18, 20 months, we didn't even have codes, right, for the tests. We didn't have codes for the vaccines. So you couldn't wait for perfection. And I think that's part of my, probably my ED nursing, right, is, what do we need right now to take care of what's at hand? Knowing that once we once we have something stable, we're going to have to go back, right? And, we're, and as we got codes, as we understood what the reimbursement was going to be for, if we stick with the COVID example, those th that data was then just enhanced. But we couldn't wait, right? We couldn't wait because patients and providers had a need that was imminent. So I think it is a it's a way to triage, if you will, the needs and then to say, you know what, that looks great, but it's actually not helpful. You know, when you think about how many command centers were stood up and and literally um, providers were taken out of their space and they were put into spaces they had never even whether it was practicing or they had initiatives that were just stopped. We had to be able to say, yeah, we we know this is going to be a short-term surge, if you will. Short-term is many months later. But the fact of the matter is we had to be able to pivot. And I think from a, a clinical perspective, especially a, a an ED perspective, is I can do that. Like, I can do that, and I can usually see past um, what might look long-term and that maybe does not have as much uh, validity or credibility right now. This is what we need right now. Now that's that's for things for a flex, but I also think when you're looking at products, you have to be able to say, especially in healthcare, that the framework of something may work right now, 
But we have to be okay if the framework morphs and it changes. As healthcare gets better at delivery, there are some things that were so important, you know, five years ago that now are table stakes. There's an expectation that, yes, you can do that. So I think, I think being on the other end of, you know, delivering care, and I will say that I, I spent most of my nursing career um, at Intermountain Healthcare, and we had electronic documentation in the early 70s. So there were only certain things that were done on paper. Right? And so when I would work at other facilities, this was, now I'm dating myself, but where, where we still charted on paper, it was just, I mean, it was, it was, it was awful, actually. It was really, really difficult. And so I think that understanding of the balance between what we're asking for providers and what we should be able to expect from the data is we have to get to the point where we are looking not, it doesn't have to be in the exact right field. It doesn't have to necessarily be discrete. We have to be on a trajectory to say, we can scan these the documentation, we can scan billings and pull out the data that's that's actually relevant. Because I think that I think when we say, well, we don't have the data, it's actually that we've got to get over saying, well, the data's there, but it's not in a consumable format. The tools need to change, right? Because we're burning providers out by asking for more. And I really think we need to leverage the modern technology and the modern tools in our products, which we're doing. When you look at healthcare.ai, you look at what we're doing in life sciences, it really needs to be that we are not putting the burden of being able to, to measure outcomes, um, to get high quality analytics on the providers by saying, well, it wasn't in the right field. It wasn't in a consumable format. We need to make that easier. It's the only way we're going to help physicians and healthcare delivery um, teams not just completely burn out. And we've seen that in with COVID. Anne-Marie, thank you so much for sharing your expertise and your heart with us. If listeners want to learn more about Health Catalyst, where can they find that online? Well, Courtney, it would be great if they would go to healthcatalyst.com. And you can see there's there's a wealth of information there. And there's also ways to be able to provide feedback. And if you happen to be a client listening, please use um, the Health Catalyst community. Or, I mean, I would love to, for them to reach out to me at annemarie.bickmore at healthcatalyst.com. Would be great. And I'm actually hoping that you'll have me back so that maybe we can deep dive into some of the areas that we just briefly touched on. Thank you so much for joining us, Anne-Marie. Again, I've been Courtney Eckerd here with Owning the Future of Healthcare, talking with Anne-Marie Bickmore, Chief Product Officer at Health Catalyst. Thanks, everyone.